Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. presence of the Lord is in this place. The Lord comes into the midst of the praise of his people. When you gather together in his name, even two or three, the Bible says he is there, right in the middle of it. Amen? Amen. He likes to be right in the middle of it. And we're, we're supposed to be like him. I want to be right in the middle of what he's doing. Amen? I feel such a wonderful presence of God, and thank you for the worship and singing and faith. I have a question today, which is also my title, which I will get to, amen, as we go a little bit further in the message. But it's this simple question, what will your new song sound like? What's your new song going to sound like? There are some nine times. Everybody ready for this today? It's fun day Sunday, right? I know it's fun day Sunday. I know we're going to have some food and fun after this. And it's our only service this morning. And all that, amen, has an effect. But I, I, God is going to do some amazing things before the service portion of this is over today. Amen. Are we ready to receive what the Lord has for us? And so there are some nine times in your word and my word and the scriptures that the Bible refers to a new song. One of them which speaks of activity in heaven that is actually referring back to Christ's activity on earth. It's in Revelation 5 and 9 and it says, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And it goes on to say in Revelation 5 and 13, And every creature that is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor. Glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and forever. And so I just want to begin this morning by pointing out this biblical truth, the act of God in flesh, Jesus Christ upon the earth and upon the cross is not hidden in heaven. It is not a blemish on God's record. It is not forgotten in eternity. In fact, it is actually the opposite. They will be celebrating the fact that God robed himself in flesh, came down on the earth and hung on a cross. It's not something heaven's trying to forget. It's something that eternity is always going to remember. Great is the love of our God to come to where we are, amen, and die on a cross. And it will be forever celebrated in eternity. 
Oh, hallelujah. It is and will be forever celebrated as the way of salvation, not only for you and for I, but as they as they are proclaiming and will proclaim forever in heaven. It is the way of salvation for every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. There ain't a person that's ever existed on the face of the earth or ever will exist as long as time goes on that is not eligible, hallelujah, to be redeemed by the blood of the cross. There ain't a language that is spoken that cannot declare the gospel message of Jesus Christ. There ain't a culture in the world that can deny the power of Calvary and what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. Oh, hallelujah, every kindred tongue, people, and nation. So if you think the cross was somehow the last resort of an exhausted God to people that he didn't truly love, you need to understand something today. Scripture directs and even demands that our name be written in what is called the book of life. And Revelation 13 and 8 calls it the book of life of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Which means it was always in the plan of God to save us if we needed saving. Hallelujah. I said it was always in the plan of God to redeem us if we needed redeeming, to come to our rescue if we needed a rescue. This is the greatest aspect of God that leads us to the terminology of him being our heavenly father. This is the greatest aspect of our heavenly father. Romans 5, 6, and 8. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet per adventure for a good man some would even dare to die but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us they don't make him anything more like a heavenly father than that right there if I if they need saving I'm going to save them if they need redeeming I'm going to redeem them if they need help I'm going to help them hallelujah if they fall into the pit I'm going to make a way for them to get out if they get tied up in bondage I'm going to find a way to speak some freedom when you're going to do it, God, I'm doing it preemptively. I'm telling it in advance because I love them that much. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, I need someone to understand today that it was not God's plan for your life to fall apart. Did you hear me? It was not his plan for your life to fall apart so that he could show up and deliver you and save you. Now, I've met a few people in my life that had kind of a hero complex. So much to the point that it almost seemed like they would set people up for a fall just so that they could come and pick them back up again. That's not what our God did. He didn't create us and then say, now, I I created you to be weak and messed up so that I could come and somehow make myself feel more like God by rescuing you. You understand what I'm saying today? Hallelujah. We didn't start in his creative purpose as addicted or defeated or dwelling in darkness. We didn't start that way. We started out as his beloved made in his image. Genesis 1, 27 through 31, so God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat and it was so and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He did not create us and then leave us. He didn't create us to falter and to fail and to fall. He created us in his own image and then he blessed us. He created us and then he gave us dominion over everything upon the earth. And then after he was done creating us and blessing us and empowering us and giving us purpose, he stepped back and looked at what he had done in us and in our home. And he said, it is very, very good. I'm talking about a God who said, I'm starting you out with everything you need. I'm going to give you every provision and every power and every purpose to be successful. Oh, hallelujah. This was his plan for humanity, and he still wants what's best for you and I today. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and 11 in the New King James Version says it like this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future. Hallelujah. And a hope that, my friend, is the biblical truth as it applies to your life and mine. Those are the words of God. Hallelujah that speak to us. Anything else you've been told is a lie. Anything else, come on somebody, anything else you've been told about who you are or what you're capable of is a lie. Anything else you've believed is a manipulation of hell. You are incredibly valuable to God and you always have been. You are incredibly valuable to God and he's shown it over and over and over again. The lengths, the height, and the breadth that the almighty God of heaven would go to just to reach us. Oh, hallelujah. I wish you would look at the person next to you and tell you you are incredibly valuable to God. Incredibly valuable to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It would do us good to keep reading a little bit after Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I'll continue in the New King James Version. 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then... You will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh, hallelujah. I know the thoughts I have towards you. I know the intent of your life. I know the purpose I gave you. I know the incredible value that I put upon you. Amen. And there's going to come an understanding. There's going to come a revelation. There's going to come a day when you understand that as well. There's going to come a moment, and there has to. I need somebody to hear this preacher today. There has to come a moment in your life where you have faith, even if it be momentary, that you are valuable to God. You may look in the mirror and not think you're valuable to yourself. You may look around you and not feel like you're valuable to anybody else. And I know hell is talking all the time and manipulating people all the time. But there's got to 
to come a moment in somebody's life where they realize I am valuable to my creator. I am valuable to God. And when I come to that revelation, though it be momentary, it may be just enough to open up my heart and say, I'm going to seek after the Lord because if he's the only one that cares for me, so be it. He's the almighty God. And so I'm going to seek after him with all my heart. This promise is not based on us remaining in perfection after creation. He did not make this promise to us because he thought we were going to become perfect beings. His promise is our heavenly father stating what his actions are going to be towards us. Hallelujah. Never more like our heavenly father than when he says it in advance. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter how far you fall, I'm going to be there. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to be there. You can call out to me. You can seek me. And if you seek me, you will find me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You say, oh, that doesn't mean much to me. I, you know, I, I've been close to God for a long time. i got a solid relationship with God. My life is going good. That's wonderful. I'm thankful for that. God bless you. But aren't you a little bit thankful? Just in case things take a turn that he's already stated in advance. Oh, hallelujah. If you take a wrong turn and find yourself at a pit in the end of a dead-end road, he says, I'm going to be there. If you call out to me, I'm going to be there. When you seek me, you are going to find me. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He wants us to understand. Look at the love of God. Preemptively promising to listen for us to call. It's the prodigal son's father sitting, amen, on the porch of his house, uh, illustratively. It's the prodigal son's father looking down the road, if you will, illustratively waiting and looking and hoping, amen, hallelujah, amen, while the son is laying in the pig pen. But you know what's so powerful about that, amen, is the son is laying in the pig pen. His earthly father in the story is at home waiting for him to come home, but his heavenly father is with him in the pig pen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful for the earthly father. I love the earthly father. Get the robe, put my ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, kill the fatted calf, strike up the band, and we're going to have a party. I'm thankful for the earthly father that he had that kind of love for his son. But I'm even more thankful for the heavenly father who said, I'm right here next to you in the pig pen. I'm right here next to you. I was there with you when you were throwing all your inheritance away. I was right there with you when you were denouncing me in public. I was right there with you when you forgot I even existed. And now I'm still with you in the midst of the slop and I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you no not even to the end of the world because I love you that much I wish you would throw your hands in the air and let the Lord know you love him too I wish somebody would let the Lord know you love him too and so he says with confidence you will seek me he's confident about that but then he says with comfort you will find me and he says with clarity, when you search for me with all your heart. This promise is not based on us remaining perfect after our creation. He's just letting us know in advance. If we call on him from the mountaintop of honor and strength and purity, he will hear us. 
And if we call on him from the pit of shame and weakness and sin, he will hear us. And anywhere in between. Sometimes we make statements like that. You know, Peter, you're in the pit of shame, saying you're dealing with this great transgression or whatever. But that doesn't always apply to people's lives. Amen. And we talk about the mountaintop, you know, people living on the mountaintop and they're just, everything's wonderful and all that. That doesn't always apply to people's lives. What mostly applies sometimes is just which direction you're going on the mountain. Pastor, I'm not on the mountaintop, but I'm trying to get there. I'm working and I'm growing and I'm learning and God's teaching me something new every day. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I'm trying to get to that mountaintop. But then other times, we're going the wrong way. We're not in the pit yet. We're not living in constant shame and regret. We haven't maybe made the great horrible transgression that our, our, our feet are swiftly taking us to, but we're going back down the mountain and we got our head held high and we got a feeling of defeat upon us and we're going the wrong direction. What I'm telling you is whether you're in the pit or the mountaintop or anywhere in between, he says, you will seek me and you will find me. And you will find me. And not just, he will not just hear us, but he will save us because they will still be declaring in heaven for eternity that he's already paid the price to redeem us with his blood. So I, gotta, I just want you to understand, when you call on him, he's going to be there, ready to save. Now, look, if you want to call on him and then debate with him for several weeks about your worth and your value and Keep shutting him down every time he tries to show you that he loves you and, and keep tearing yourself down and listening to others. If that's what you want to do, you can do that. And he'll sit there. But you need to understand something. He didn't show up to just have an endless conversation with you about how it's never going to work out. And he didn't show up to tell you that he might get around to redeeming you someday. He shows up ready to redeem. He shows up ready to deliver. He shows up ready to forgive. He shows up ready to heal. You understand what I'm saying? When you call on me, you're going to find me. When you search for me with your heart, I'm going to be there. And when he gets there, amen, he's going to be ready to redeem us with the blood he shed at Calvary. Now, you may be thinking today, preacher, it's been too long and too much has happened. You may be thinking today that it would be impossible for your life to truly change completely. So I got another question for you. Have you heard yet? I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you saw it on any news. Have you heard yet that the sparrows are rapidly changing their song? Or perhaps a better way to put it, sparrows are learning a brand new song. This is odd. It's odd because if you like birds at all, I'm not a, there's a word for being a bird person, right? I'm not that person. But I enjoy their sounds. I just can't tell you which one's making which one. 
But if you are a bird person, you know that they have distinct songs. And that's forever been how humanity has been able to tell which bird was which. And yet, after all this time, sparrows are changing their songs. National Geographic covered it. New York Times covered it. And many other people have followed since. One article was titled, Canada's Sparrows Are Singing a New Song, and You're Going to Hear It Soon. Let me read a little bit from the article if I can. Even if you're not a bird person, you probably know the song of the white-throated sparrow. It plays on a loop in North America's forests. Yet studies have found something shocking. The study, which has taken now 20 years, is the first to track the cultural evolution of birdsong at the continental scale. Mesa Youngblood, a doctoral candidate in animal behavior at CUNI Graduate Center, has described a much broader and more rapid shift in birdsong than was previously ever thought possible to occur. Scott Ramsey, a behavioral ecologist at Wilford University in Ontario, was the first to notice that the forest sounded a little off during the visit to Western Canada with Ken Otter, a professor at the University of Northern British Columbia. When they were there listening to birds, he said, your birds are singing something weird. Dr. Otter recalled, Dr. Otter recorded some of the white-throated sparrow songs and turned them into spectrograms, visualizations that laid bird songs out so that they could be more easily compared. Dr. Otter and his colleague figured this was happening only with their birds in Western Canada, and it was just an isolated peripheral population doing their own thing, he said. When they tried to figure out where the song's range ended, though, they realized birds were singing the song in other areas, too. In 2004, half the birds the researchers recorded in Alberta were singing doublets instead of triplets. That's, the, that's how they're describing the song. By 2014, they, were, they all were, and it was starting to show up as far east as Ontario. And Dr. Otter said to get a better sense of the spread, the researchers turned to citizen science birdsong databases. These are people that are big into birding all around the continent. They, they pulled white-throated sparrow songs from across Canada and the northern United States and plotted them over time and according to song type. In maps, you can see the doublet song gain prominence, its influence expanding and strengthening. By 2019, it had taken over completely from the Yukon to Ottawa, a certified hit that is currently encroaching on the northeastern United States. For a song to take off like this is highly unusual, said Dr. Otter. It goes against prevailing birdsong theories, which emphasize the benefits of sticking to your own local song type. What's happening with sparrows is kind of like an Australian person coming to New York City, and New Yorkers suddenly all begin to adopt an Australian accent. An entire segment of the created bird population is learning a new song and singing a new song. And it's sweeping across Canada, and it will be here soon. It's unprecedented. It's unexplainable. Nobody knows why. They don't even understand how. And it doesn't make any sense. But they're learning a new song. And so I have a simple message that I'm trying to get across to someone today. It really doesn't matter what your old song sounds like. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you sang what you would describe as a worthy song. It's, it doesn't matter if you think you'll ever sing. 
anything different in your life. If you will call upon the Lord, he will hear your cry. And he is ready to redeem us with the blood that he shed at Calvary. The devil is a liar. And you are not beyond God's reach of grace, of love. And no matter how far you've fallen, it remains the same. The Bible declares in Matthew 10, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father seeing. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. For ye not, you know, know, know you not therefore that ye are of more value than many sparrows. Ye are of more value than of many sparrows. David said in Psalm 41 through 3, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and be in awe of it and they shall trust in the Lord. I need to tell somebody in this house today, I'm just wondering what your new song is going to sound like when you get a revelation, when you get an understanding that he's come to redeem you today. He's come to help you today. He's come to heal you today. And he's ready to do it right now. It doesn't matter what you are singing on the way into church. It doesn't matter what you've been singing all week that maybe you're afraid of. you got a brand new song that's about to come into your mouth and it's going to come from God himself you got a brand new song that's going to change everything oh stand with me everybody let's stand and clap our hands unto the Lord come on let's make a joyful noise unto the Lord I I read this story I don't know, three weeks ago. And when I read it, I was like, man, that'll preach. And I kept thinking God was going to let me preach it. And he wouldn't let me preach it. And I was like, I want to preach it. And then I started thinking, okay, I can preach it now. And then I had to ask myself, why are sparrows? I, I, I couldn't think of any reason why literal sparrows needed a new song. And all I could really come up with was since God used them as an illustration in the past. Maybe he wants to use them as an illustration in the present. Since he talked about it in the scripture, about how valuable and how important that they are, and he uses them as an illustration, maybe. I don't know what other reason. Why sparrows would be learning a new song and teaching it to each other. And it's sweeping across, covered all of Canada now, going to begin sweeping across America. Listen, I don't, I, I, I read several articles on it. All the really smart people are all explaining what is happening. 
but they don't know why it's happening. They're all explaining what is happening and, and how it's happening as far as its progression, but nobody can say why. Why did suddenly one sparrow defy its created purpose? <laughs> Why did one sparrow, was it the western part of Canada started or the eastern, it doesn't matter, but one sparrow on the western, say on the part of Canada, just what, one day just went to sing and, and it came out different? And then his little sparrow buddy was like, what's this, uh, what's this little thing you're doing there? And you can listen to it. You can listen to the way they're supposed to do it and the way they're doing it now, and it's definitely different. It's not like, you know, but it's definitely different. And can you imagine the other sparrows? The little bird thing. Can you imagine? What are you doing? This is the song we've always sung. What are you singing something? I'm just going to tell somebody right now, the moment that you realize that Christ is ready to redeem you with his blood, and the moment you realize that he can change your life, there's going to be some people around you. They're going to say, what is, what is this now? What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? You know, I, I follow you on Facebook and used to be good for some, maybe a crude joke now and then. You used to be good for this. You used to be good for some hate-filled rant. And now I'm seeing this, like, God stuff and prayer stuff and scripture stuff. What is this new song? Oh, hallelujah. But there's something about this new song that when they hear it, they want to sing it too. And it just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. And all I can think of is if Christ and the word uses the illustration of the sparrow multiple times in scripture, then maybe he's just decided to give us a, a modern day illustration of what he is capable of doing because he is our creator and he created us to be good and he created us to live holy and he created us with strength and blessing. He empowered us from the beginning. Oh, hallelujah! And he died on our... He said, if you fall, I'm going to be there. If you mess up, I'm going to come running. When you call on me, amen, you're going to hear hear me coming to your rescue and I've got to tell somebody today if you'll call today he's already here he is here in advance just waiting on somebody throw your hands in the air I pray that you would just begin to seek the Lord right now Amen. As they come to the music, would you begin to just seek the Lord right now, please? And begin to call upon the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 What will your new song sound like? What's your new song going to sound like? Because I'm telling you right now, there's a new song that God wants to put into your mouth today. There is a new song. Oh, come on, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. I need some people unashamed to lift up their voice right now. I need some people to pray out loud and worship the Lord and seek the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.